Welcome to Sylvia Stein Power Hour, brought to you by Podbean.com. On today's show, Sylvia will talk about dazzling dialogue in part three of her blog series covering dialogues. Hi, I am indie author Sylvia Stein. Welcome to the Sylvia Stein Power Hour, brought to you by Podbean.com. I'm happy to bring you part three of what is the uh, How to Write Dazzling Dialogue, The Fastest Way to Improve Any Manuscript by James Scott Bell. I apologize for the delay on this podcast. It's been a busy week. Um, you know, kids are finishing school. Uh, I have also have some exciting news. I'm going to be a contributor now for the Huffington Post, where I'll be sharing the writing tips on there that I discuss on my podcast, and it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be every Wednesday and Fridays in the morning, and I need to set up a, a more more uh, of a time for everyone, but I hope you will download them on podbean.com, and they're also available on iTunes and Google Play. So I hope you will tune in to the Sylvia Stein Power Hour, which was the Silstein Author Channel, and it still focuses on writing tips and advice, promos, hopefully book reviews and interviews that we'll be having set up soon. So for today, when we discussed, last we discussed The Dazzling Dialogue by James Scott Bell, we uh, focused on several elements. And I want to re- recap on that just really quick. We talked about dialogue in fiction, about the five functions. We discussed three of, uh, two of them, and there were actually five. We talked about revealing story information, revealing character. For today, we're going to set the tone, set the scene, and reveal the theme. And if you haven't gotten your copy of this amazing book by James Scott Bell, it's How to Write Dazzling Dialogue, The Fastest Way to Improve Any Manuscript. Please go out and check it out because it really gives you a lot of great information on dialogue. And my first post today for the Huffington Post was on uh, what dialogue is. It talks about what dialogue is and isn't, but I wanted to show what dialogue is. And I mentioned the example that he gives um, upon um, Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind. So I hope you will check out the Hub Post. Contributor Sylvia Stein from Pukwe Verena, North Carolina, indie author, excited to be sharing those tips with all of the new writers, established authors, you know, just just to give to pave it forward. So without further ado, I'm going to begin now on the next function of fiction in dialogue, which is let me see, setting the tone. And I appreciate everyone tuning in today. It's been an exciting week, as I said. I hope everyone here is having a great day. And uh, so now we're going to focus on setting the tone. Now, James Scott Bell says, The kind of book you're writing is evident from the way people in your story talk to each other. Can you tell that the following are from different genres? So let's listen to this example or hear these. He writes, I say, Doris, shall we be taking luncheon on the terrace or in the drawing room? I prefer the terrace. The view of the garden is so lovely this time of year. Back off, sister, unless you want a belly full of lead. I do love you, Ross. I do, but I can't disappoint Frank. 
What I give you, Frank, can never give you. What I give you, Frank can never give you. What we have, you and Frank can never have. Please don't. I reckon we'd better go into town. I reckon you're right. Reckon we'll find some trouble. I reckon we will. Good, because this is a day of reckoning. You get the idea. The cumulative effect of dialogue on readers sets a tone for your book. Be intentional about what you want that tone to be. So basically here, you're trying to set up what, in setting the tone, is you got to kind of familiarize the reader with what you're trying to say. Obviously, we started with one scene, and then it moves on to another more intense scene. So you got to set the tone right from the get-go. Now, it's like, for example, on my book, Chasing Clarity, I wanted to set the tone happy, happy, but I, I, I went to a prologue to show that Mia is going to have a few struggles. I began the dialogue with her intense scene to show what's going to happen. And she's running away from something that's going to be happening to her because of a big loss. So I wanted to intensify that scene, so I set that tone there. So basically, the cumulative effect of dialogue, as James Scott Bell says on readers, sets a tone for your book. Be intentional about what you want that tone to be. Now we move on to setting the scene. He says, dialogue can also help readers experience being in the scene. First, the way characters react to their surroundings tells us both about the location and the people reacting to it. This, listen to this example. Man, this place is creepy. What's with all the hanging vines? I hate San Francisco. I hate all the hills and the fog and the superior attitudes. So here we learned the first one, the first scene is described as being like uh, some type of creepy place because they talk about the hanging vines. The next one is it, is, it tells you right away. They're in San Francisco and they hate the hills and the fog and the superior attitudes. So here in this, secondly, the dynamics of the scene can often best be set up through dialogue instead of this. So let's listen to this example. Once I was in the interview room, Agent Hofstra asked me to sit down. I gave him some lip, but he was totally in control of the situation. He gave me a veal threat. I decided to sit down. So now we want to try this. That's what uh, James Scott Bell says. Sit down, Agent Hofstra said. Don't feel like it, I said. You're not on the street anymore. And here you do what I tell you. I got a sore butt. That's not all that's going to be sore. You see this little room we're in? You see any cameras, recording devices? I decided to sit down. So he, that was a more intense scene. So it, it says, the dynamics of the scene can often be best set up through dialogue instead of this. So in the first one, you see a lot of telling. Once I was in the interview room, Agent Hofstra asked me to sit down. I gave him some lip, but he was totally in control. And yes, we're listening to this, but the second one makes a bigger impact because they're saying, as, as uh, Bell shows us in the book, Sit down, Agent Hofstra said. Don't feel like it, I said. You're not on the street anymore, and here you do what I tell you. And then it goes on to more, you know, of an intense scene there. 
So that is setting the scene. Now, the last one talks about revealing a theme. If you want to send a message, try Western Union. This is what the example he says. So said the film mogul Sam Samuel Goldwyn. He knew that audiences wanted a story first and foremost. They do not want a lecture or a sermon. And that's very important to remember when you're writing fiction. We want to tell a story first and foremost. And you don't want to lecture or do a sermon. Certainly many writers do care about message or theme. The danger in dialogue is to allow the characters to become mere mouthpieces for the message. This is called getting preachy. The way to avoid this is to place the theme into natural dialogue. That is part of a confrontational moment, as with exposition, a tense exchange, hides what you're doing. And he talks about this more. He lays it out uh, on his method in accomplishing this on his chapter seven, thematic dialogue. And we'll go more into that on the next section. So basically, he, st he states, now... Now that you know the purpose of dialogue in fiction, let's basically turn the training, uh, turn to training your ear, sorry, for it. So we're going to focus on trying to train the dialogue, which we'll discuss next time. But here for today, the biggest things we wanted to discuss, because we covered a three-section segment on this whole uh, Five sections of dialogue, of dazzling dialogues through story weaving, the true art of dialogue. We discuss revealing story information, revealing character. Now it's setting the tone, setting the scene, and revealing the theme. And the next part will be training your dialogue so you know what kind of dialogue you're supposed to use. These, uh, these segments and my podcast are very important because. When we work on our manuscripts and we get the beta readers to look at our work, we want to make it as best as possible. And then even when you give it to your editor, whomever it is is going to edit your work, and, and beta readers have this way to capture what perhaps you may have missed the first time. Also, reading aloud helps you also in, in revealing or in able to catch more of the of the mistakes you may have and the flow of what where it needs to be. So in any case, I am so happy to have shared this uh, segment on story weaving, chapter three, the true, true art of dialogue from James Scott Bell, how to write dazzling dialogue, the fastest way to improve any manuscript. I appreciate your time. I am Sylvia Stein uh, and I, I'm in the author Sylvia Stein. And I hope to bring you more promos about my books as well and examples of the dialogue that I use in my own books for the next segment. And I, and I love that we're improving every day. We're improving our, my podcast here through podbean.com. And it's called the Sylvia Stein Power Hour. I hope you will check it out and tune in. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Have a great one.